Welcome to the Modern Merriman Podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merriman is a podcast on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're hosting a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian lay people will rightly divide the word of truth. Tom, it's good to be with you again. Hey, brothers. Great to be here again. And uh, we have a, a special guest as we had in our last episode. So why don't you re- re- reintroduce him again to those who uh, haven't listened yet to the previous episode? Absolutely. Well, uh, we have the privilege of having with us once again, Pastor Ryan Davidson, who serves as the pastor of Grace Baptist Chapel, a Reformed congregation in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, he's married to Christy. And they have four children. Uh, he holds degrees from Samford University, the College of William and Mary, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and is currently a PhD candidate at the Free University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. He's the author of several books, uh, A Covenant Feast, um, also Thinking Through Anxiety, and then more recently here, uh, just published in the last year or so, I believe, Green Pastures, and teaches adjunctly at several institutions. Uh, Ryan will be teaching the pastoral counseling course at CBTS from May 28th through the 31st. And so if you'd like more information about that, please go to cbtsseminary.org forward slash counseling. Ryan, it sure is great to have you with us again, brother. Thanks for coming. Yeah, good to be with you guys again. Well, for this uh, this episode, we'd like to discuss various counseling issues kinds of issues that would come up in counseling, as well as uh, suggestions you might have for counselors. Um, but uh, to start us off, what would you say are some of the main issues that you tend to address as a biblical counselor or that any pastor would tend to see and need to address uh, in situations of biblical counseling? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I certainly think that there are a whole host of issues that uh, a pastor and or biblical counselor will um encounter. I mean, I think some of the, the, the ones that I've seen the most would be, um, you know, certain uh, spiritual uh, issues, a lot of, uh, you know, issues related to doubt and assurance, um, mm-hmm. you know, issues of particular, you know, struggling with particular sin, certainly marital and relational issues. But, you know, a lot of the issues that I have spent time working with are um, things like anxiety and depression, um, or uh, if, you know, in the work that I've done with men, perhaps, um, you know, uh, lust and or sexual temptation, you know, pornography uh, use, those right. kinds of things, right? So yeah. I, think, I think you see those a lot. Maybe they, they cluster together perhaps more or they are connected with or alongside of other issues that you may see. Mm-hmm. Um, would you give us any counsel on how you would counsel some of those situations, particularly maybe mentioning how the law and the gospel relate to some of those and how a pastoral counselor would, would approach these things. Yeah. And just maybe trying to link those two. I mean, I think we're all, if we're in ministry, we're aware of those kinds of things in our congregations. Right. But, but to try to think about say anxiety or depression with the law and the gospel or, or, or about uh, marital conflict, with the law and the gospel, uh, you know, th- those kinds of um, struggles in, in the Christian life. Uh, how, how have you um, seen those, those connecting together in your own ministry and practice? Certainly. You know, we touched on this at the end of our last episode together. You know, I think it's important for us to remember 
you know, that we've been made by our, our God, uh, both body and soul. And so we don't want to neglect that in our thinking when we're counseling someone that, you know, someone is dealing, let's say with depression, you know, they, they come into, you know, your office or meet with you at a coffee shop and, and tell you as their pastor or as someone who's counseling them within the body that they really have been feeling depressed. And, you know, you listen to them and, and quote unquote, the symptoms sound like, um, you know, they're, they're depressed. You, you do want to consider, you know, um, uh, is there a family history of that? You know, just genetically is, or, you know, how, how are things like diet and exercise and sleep and, you know, social factors, right? Um, you know, um, so I think that's an important thing to do in any situation is to remember that component. But then ultimately, kind of the model that I, I look at is I do want to go to the heart. I don't want to just know behavior and emotions or even just thoughts. I kind of want to go to the heart of, of what Amen. a person is holding to and, and potentially revering and or worshiping in a situation. So someone dealing with depression may have you know, symptoms of depression because of certain biological components, but that impacts them spiritually as well. Right. Similarly, they may be going through spiritual issues. You know, the the the, the believer who is under conviction uh, for you know breaking God's law without repenting, um, and that becomes a a, a long term issue that begins to impact them biologically. You know, we see that, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, what does David say when he says, "Like I covered up my sin; it was like my 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 bones, my body wasted away." I mean, there there are bio. I don't want to you know, make that only about biology, but there are it is though. Yeah. physical things that uh, result from spiritual issues. So mm -hmm. body and soul is crucial, but then as we seek to apply the law in, in that case, so for instance, uh, depression, you know, um, we want to be careful that when we are sitting down with someone and we open the word of God, you know, maybe we take up that passage in the Psalms, you know, where, where, where we, kind of preach to ourselves, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me, right? Mm. Is that a moment just to take the law and ask questions, you know, and say, well, you know, you're clearly breaking the first four commandments. You're not where you need to be spiritually. And, and you know, we kind of just, we just throw the law there. Or, or is, it, is it more of a scalpel approach where I've got someone with body and soul sitting before me, that's who they are, there are factors that are involved, and now let me help them with the gospel in view to consider where there may be sin in their mm -hmm. life. But mm -hmm. to do that in a gentle way so that I don't ultimately convince them that they're sinning in a way that they may not be sinning in. Does that make sense? I mean, I know that's a, a mouthful, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so then with issues very like... important. Well, I mean, you think of somebody who's depressed, you could just say, well, look, what, what are you depressed about? you know, get over it. Right. And that would be wrong, you know? And, uh, and I'm not saying that the, even the law approaches it that way, but I'm saying it's sort of a, a failure to understand the Bible's theology, also the way human beings work and the way the gospel and the law work together in a person's heart, just to tell them to get over, get over something, you know, and there's a whole complex of things going on there in that person and the pastoral counsel counselor, as you said, very rightly and wisely comes with a scalpel. He comes carefully and he uses, yes, the questions of the law, even, um, you know, the, uh, the law brings conviction, the conviction of the law and also Christ 
and the gospel to bring comfort. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. It's excellent. Yeah, just one other word there. I mean, I think we we have that, you know, distinction we made earlier of body and soul. I mean, I think another another one we could use as counselors is to remember that people who come to get counsel from us aren't just, you know, lawbreakers. They're also people who are living under uh, the, the curse um, because of, um, you know, breaking God's law ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't, we don't just have sin. We also live in a world that is cursed and our, and our bodies experience the results of the fall right. in various ways. And so we have to, maybe that's another distinction to consider. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I agree with that. And I would, I would ask you this. I don't know if what you think about this or if you, how you would want to approach this question, but uh, what would you say about uh, any form of uh, medication for depression? How would you approach that topic? Yeah, no, I don't mind you asking at all. I think that's going to come up for me, for you guys, and for anyone that's in pastoral ministry, uh, any believer, really, ultimately, who either themselves or someone has someone in their family that, you know, someone may suggest medication. Uh, the, the the short answer is, I think, while we um, live in a culture that is over-medicated and has too quickly gone to medication, which a lot of times may help certain felt symptoms, but then causes us to cover up the reality that there are actually deeper issues that need to be dealt with, like sin. Um, mm-hmm. um, I do think that we have to also be careful that we don't say that there's never a place for um, medication for things like Amen. depression and anxiety. Uh, in fact, when we say that unilaterally, then... we. We're, we're forgetting that we have a whole host of, of physiological, uh, you know, factors that mm-hmm. inf- influence us. And so I, I, am, I am open to medication, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not, a, I'm not a medical doctor. I know a lot about those medications. Uh, I've had to learn that through the years, but I, I can't prescribe those. Uh, so what I want to be careful doing is also not putting myself as a pastor in the position of also Uh, being able to say to my congregant, I'm also a a medical doctor because I'm not. And so I think we want to, we want to carry that one carefully, you know, Um, but certainly there are times when medication can be uh, helpful. Have there been any particular um, books or resources on that topic that could be helpful to our listeners uh, from a good, uh, you know, good solid perspective, one that's, you know, not off the rails, e- either over medicating or saying that there should be no medication. What do you think pre- presents a good balance? Is there any resource you can think of that might do that or a particular author that you might commend in that regard? Yes. Um, and I've not read all of his work. I mean, the most recent book that touches on this that I've come across is a book by um, Michael Emlett. Uh, he's done some teaching at uh, CCEF and um, maybe even Westminster uh, East in Philadelphia. But his his book, a uh, little short book called um, Descriptions and Prescriptions, mm-hmm. um, is helpful. Off the top of my head, it might be Descriptions and Prescriptions or the other way around, Prescriptions and Descriptions. Google either one, you'll find it. But he, he talks a little bit about how you know we have to be careful that we don't embrace psychological diagnoses and medication you know, mm-hmm. kind of wholesale. We also don't want to throw out any of that as sort of kind of common grace aid to the biblical counselor. Um, yeah. And we have two books, don't we? I mean, we have the, the book of special revelation, which contains the law clearly stated 
uh, as well the, the moral law and all the positive laws of the new covenant. And we have the gospel clearly stated and only stated in special revelation. But in general revelation, we have a second book, don't we? Uh, which uh, we as pastors aren't specialists of general revelation, which is what you were pointing out. You know, you have we have doctors who have invested their lives into studying how the human body works and uh, ways to treat uh, biological problems. And so a wise doctor, you know, who isn't just taking shortcuts or um, uh, acting expediently or just medicating every problem, but who has a who's ethical and who knows what he's doing could could use this book and it's his job actually to use the book of general revelation to understand the human body to try to give aid and help and as pastors is there a place for referring to uh, in that regard referring to a medical doctor yeah and and as you as you're saying that i mean i was just you know reminded of you know our what our confession right the london confession of faith says you know Amen. chapter one paragraph one uh, <laughs> regarding that regarding the light of nature um, we have to, we have two books, and we need to be careful that in our desire to, and I think rightly, want to base our lives on the the scriptures, right? special revelation. We we don't want to neglect the fact that the Lord has communicated His attributes and 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 uh, does provide uh, aspects of common grace, if you will, in mm-hmm. in nature. Um, I think one very practical suggestion I would make, and I make this often in my counseling classes to, to pastors or future pastors, is you know if, if you're in an area of pastoring or you move there, you know one of the one, one of the first things you want to do, say in the first six months to a year of your ministry in that new place, might be to see are there Christian physicians in the area who have uh, a level of theological understanding? You know, they're believers. They are someone that I can begin to refer to. You know, um, I know that they're not going to just throw medication at everyone who says that they have, a, you know, a, uh, a mental health kind of, of symptom. That, that, that's mm-hmm. very, I know that's very practical, but that might be helpful. Amen. Um, I agree with that. that. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. Well, maybe moving in a slightly different direction, but you mentioned earlier some of the common uh, issues that are addressed and in thinking through the matter of the law and the gospel. And, and as I was thinking about that, I'm wondering maybe if you want to speak to the importance of one's uh, identity, you know, uh, and how that connects to the law and the gospel, because in a lot of these areas, uh, you know, in the midst of, of these struggles and, and, and these uh, sins that, that, that uh, we're living through, um, you know, the, the gospel reminds us of who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so often in our struggles, we lose sight of that, right? Which is why we need the gospel then to remind us of, um, you know, our, our standing in Christ, our future in Christ, our hope in Christ, our, um, our security in Christ and our confidence in Christ and, 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 and all of these things that, that, that we have. Um, but then also with the law, you, Again, if, if, if done rightly, uh, that it will show other things that have taken the place of God in idolatry, right? Through the law. So, um, what has become more important to me than Christ? What, what can I not live without in, in that way? Um, which, which again then needs to be diagnosed through the law and then driven, which then draws them back to Christ where their identity is found, right? And so, um, just, wondering how you might uh, explain some of those dynamics in counseling as well. 
Well, you know, you mentioned, uh, brother, the, the, the idea of identity. And we certainly live in a day where people are now grabbing a hold of any and all things and making it so-called their identity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of cases, we may encounter people who come to us for counsel, who come to us with uh, a chief identity in their mind of a particular sin. And so we do need to have a clear and robust, um, uh, well, understanding, but also a method of helping people to understand that uh, as it relates to identity, we are either in Christ or out of Christ. Right. Um, and that needs to drive the discussion. You know, I've, I've told people before, I mean, I, rem- I remember counseling some with, with anxiety, severe anxiety, and just talking about who we are in Christ and the fact that because of Christ's finished work, we are still experiencing anxiety. And in some cases, we might be sinfully anxious. And in other ways, it it might have a physiological component as well. But but because of who who we are in Christ, we are both at at the self-same time experiencing anxiety and yet completely healed from our sin in the sense that Christ has made us his own, right? Mm. Um, and, and that, for instance, when a believer who is severely depressed or is anxious, you know, comes to the Lord's table, for instance, I mean, remembering who they are in Christ and what Christ has done for them, even as they continue to wrestle and struggle with anxiety. And I think that's very different than just trying to give them Bible verses or even perhaps the law as it relates to anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but helping them to see who they are in Christ and how that that is the final word, the greatest word, if you will, over them, even as they struggle. Right? Does, does that make sense? It does, and I completely agree with that. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Um, yeah. I was I was going to ask you about another issue you raised. It, um, you mentioned we were thinking of various types of issues to deal with in counseling. And just as an example for people, if you could think of, say, uh, you know, you mentioned that some, a typical matter that pastors will deal with is that a man comes forward and he, he says that he's struggling with temptation, you know, sexual temptation. How would you counsel someone according to the law and the gospel who comes to you with this temptation and he's struggling and he's failing, he may be discouraged, but he wants help. How do the law and the gospel, how does the whole Bible come to bear on this in your understanding? Certainly, certainly. I I mean, I think I I need to, in the course of that situation, particularly as if I'm a, if I'm a pastor and it's a, it's a, let's say a man who's a member of our congregation, for instance, and he's a professing believer. He's been baptized. He's coming to the Lord's supper. I need to treat him as a brother in Christ, and I need to have the entire situation bathed, if you will, in the understanding that we together are brothers in Christ. And so the gospel becomes the backdrop for our discussions. So as as we're talking about his struggle, piece by piece, we can point to gospel elements, even as we look at what the law says about perhaps a recent stumbling or recent sin, you know? So what, what do I mean by that? I just mean, well, you know, he's sitting there in front of me and he feels, uh, he senses conviction. Well, 
that's a wonderful fruit of what Christ has done for us. We absolutely very good. We're no longer comfortable with our sin. And even though I might need to say, brother, we, we need to, let's, here's some things we can do together. Accountability. We can, we can, you know, meet, you know, internet filters, all these kinds of things. I don't, I don't want to point him too quickly to what he needs to stop doing, even though we're going to get there without reminding Mm -hmm. him, Hey brother, you know, there's some good news here. You struggled this past week, and in one instance, you fell, and, and you, you sense conviction about that. You're not content with that. And that is a wonderful uh, a fruit and potential sign of the work of, of God's Spirit within you, which, which ultimately comes from Christ's, you know, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and so that, that kind, of, kind of moment as we go through piece by piece the gospel becomes things, kind of the, the backdrop that we point to, even as I say, now, of course, brother, you know what the seventh commandment is. You and I are adulterers, either with our bodies or with our minds or both. We mm-hmm. have broken God's law. And, and that's another example of why we need Christ. And we look to Christ together in that counseling session. And then I remind him as he leaves that day, hey, here is, here is what the scripture calls you to. Uh, and it calls you to live a life free from sexual immorality, but Christ has provided all that is necessary for you to be righteous in the sight of the triune God. And so I I guess I could talk all day about this, brothers. I guess what I'm saying is even as we point to the law, as we ought to, right? Uh We've got to call sin, sin. That every step we're reminding the, the believer, the child of God, of who he is as he is united to Christ. You know, passages like mm-hmm. Romans 6 or 1 Corinthians 6, right? In the case of yeah. 1 Corinthians, dealing with sexual sin. I mean, this is who you yeah. were, but you were washed. I don't want him to forget the washing before we right. look at the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen. Well, that's so good, brother. Thank you. It is. Well, it's been so good to have you here with us, brother. I'm uh, wondering, of course, we always like to ask when we have guests with us uh, for, 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 you know, we can only really uh, dip into the, 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 the very basics of, of uh, what we could explore during our time together. So uh, maybe a few recommended resources you'd recommend for people that, that want to grow in this, whether they're pastors or, or other Christians who are seeking to be faithful uh, biblical counselors uh, with a right understanding of the law and the gospel, just maybe a, a top few that, that you've either found helpful or, or that you would encourage others to check out. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there are a lot of great uh, resources out there. And, and of course, you know, um, there are subtle distinctions, even in the biblical counseling world. You know, I, I personally have uh, enjoyed um, some of uh, David Murray, right? Former professor at Puritan Reform, some of his works, and even his little book, Christians Get Depressed Too, I think is a helpful resource, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some some CCF writers that have written some great stuff. You know, David Pallison, for instance, has a couple of good, just general ways of looking at, um, you know, how to, how to do uh, counseling. I-, I like to encourage those that I'm teaching biblical counseling, uh, to, however, to consider not just our our time and our generation. So going back to, um, you know, some of the Puritans, I mean, I, I think they were masters at biblical counseling. Now, in some yeah. cases, I have to set that up contextually, right? I mean, certain certain, individu- certain individuals might be helpful if you, you read them in a, in a specific way. Um, what I mean by that is, 
I don't necessarily recommend that you, you, you hand a thick Puritan book to every person that comes in your office for counseling. Right. right. Um, but but the Puritans and, and even perhaps going kind of kind of further back uh, to a couple of of resources uh, in the past. So I guess what I'm saying is we have two thousand years of people who've tried to take up the Word of God, mm. um, and there have been a lot of bad examples, but there are some good examples as well. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, that's really helpful, brother. And again, want to thank both you and, and Tom for having this conversation today. Uh, but I also want to thank everyone for listening to the Modern Merriman podcast, the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, please visit us online at cbtseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org. Thank you, brother. That was excellent. Absolutely. You know what? I, I realized I neglected to say, and I should have said this at the end, I should have said the best resource for any counseling situation is Richard Baxter. And Tom would love <laughs> for you all to read and believe Richard Baxter. I'm just John, kidding, brother. John, did you screen him for heresy before? <laughs> <laughs> you said we should invite him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just well, kidding. Believe it or not, the previous we would have cut the feed if you said that, man. <laughs> um, a a so, lot of the older Jay Adams guys did that. They yeah. recommended the Christian Directory, and I'm sure. I mean, I've read through pieces of that. He's got some good stuff in there, yeah. but I wouldn't recommend it still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so um, I'm glad, Ryan, that uh, you're recommending Neonomians to our uh, students uh, at the upcoming <laughs> modular class. Um, I, I know Tom appreciates that as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. <laughs> Guys, thanks for having me. Man, thank, thanks for coming, Ryan. Really appreciate it. I think you, you gave us some, some good stuff today, and I hope it helps God's people and helps the church. Yeah. So. Good, good. Yeah. yeah.